The difference is faith. Somebody say the difference is faith. Tonight, we're going to dissect why some people are blessed and others are not blessed tonight. We're going to dissect why some people are blessed and other people are not blessed. And I know you're looking at the gas pump thinking, boy, I wish I was blessed. But first, we need to define what being blessed looks like. We've got to define that. Number two, then we can explain the reason why some people are blessed seemingly over other people. So, number one, what does a blessed life look like? Let's go to Matthew 5 and 3. Remember, we have to use the Word of God for all of our definitions. We have to. That We are, we are not going to do psychology in this church. We're going to do the Word of God. The Word of God has the answers for us. Amen? Matthew 5 and 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Anybody feeling blessed right about now? I don't got a lot of spirit left, Pastor. Oh, you're blessed of God. Because blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs. You know what your inheritance is when you have a very poor spirit? The kingdom of God is yours. When you have a poor spirit, you seek after a powerful spirit. You seek the kingdom of God. When your spirit is weak and you can't take it, you find yourself seeking after Jesus and his kingdom. Matthew 5 and 4, blessed are those who mourn. Anybody feeling blessed right about now? Blessed are those who are mourning, for they shall be comforted. Sister Lauren, we're praying for you and your family. We know it's been tough, you know, losing the grandpa, but we love you. We want you to know we're behind you. And when you mourn as a Christian, there's a promise in the Scriptures. The power of God will come to your family and come to your life, and He will give you comfort like nobody can give you. Don't be afraid of mourning, because in mourning we find that Jesus gives us comfort. If anybody is mourning right now or sad, there is a comforter right now that will come to help you. You are more blessed than you realize. Number, number three, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Give mercy to people that have done you wrong and you'll get mercy back. Yeah. Why is it a blessing to have to be merciful? Because you've been hurt. And guess what happens when you've been hurt? You treat others better after you've been hurt, or at least you're supposed to. You're supposed to treat people better when you've been hurt. You know why? Because you know what it feels like to be hurt. And what hurts us makes us better Christians because now we know how to treat people. Because we would not want them to do it to us, so we treat people differently. So blessed are the merciful. If you're, if you're a merciful person, you're going to obtain mercy. That's what we want. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, sh they shall see God. Just having a pure heart is a blessing. It's a blessing. You have to guard your heart. You've got to make sure that your thoughts and intents are pure. Above all things else, you've got to make sure your heart and your imaginations and your heart is pure. Your intentions are pure. No agenda. Because if you have a pure heart, you shall see God clearly. Take the filter out. Take the filter out of all the flesh and all the offense, and you'll see God clearly. All these people that say they can see God but don't have a pure heart, you can't see God clearly without a pure heart. You have to have a pure heart. You know, we wonder what God's up to a lot of times because we don't have a pure heart. We wonder where God is at. We can't see Him. We can't find Him in worship because we don't have a pure heart. Get a pure heart and you can see God. You're blessed if you have a pure heart, okay? Let's keep going. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. To make peace makes you a son of God. Peacemakers. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not just those who are persecuted, but those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. What that means is when you live a righteous life and people hurt you for it, you're blessed. It's a blessing. Why is it a blessing? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You will be saved and have eternity because you live a righteous life and even take suffering for it. Your prize will not be right now. Your prize will be one day on those streets of gold. So whenever you live a righteous life and you get fired for it at your job, you just need to go ahead and give God a praise because you're being persecuted for doing right. And that's a guarantee you're going to go to heaven one day. Don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. Don't live for just right now. But rejoice that you are being persecuted for righteousness sake. Live righteous no matter the consequence. Live right. Live right no matter what people do to you. Live right. Because kingdom of heaven is going to be yours one day. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. All right? Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and they're going to say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. You're blessed. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It is totally okay for people to come against you because you're a Christian. It's okay. In fact, it's expected. You just need to be looking to heaven. Be looking to heaven. Because the only thing you look forward to when you're hurt is, is heaven. But what's going to happen? People are coming against us in the last days. What's going to happen? Heaven's going to happen. What's going to happen if they try to kill us? Heaven's going to happen. What's going to happen if they take away our jobs? Heaven's going to happen. Don't worry about it. You're blessed tonight. Don't fear. You're blessed tonight. We are blessed tonight. I hope to encourage somebody right now and tell you that you're blessed. Even if they take away everything earthly, you're blessed. Man, I, I want to encourage you. We're blessed tonight. We are a blessed people. I hope you know that you're blessed right now. Gas, four fifty a gallon. Five some places with diesel. Boy, I almost bought a diesel truck. Thank you, Jesus. I feel sorry for some of y'all right now. Oh, I was so close. I wanted it so bad, but I didn't, and I'm thankful. So, so here's what blessed is not. You ready? Let me tell you what blessed is not. Blessed is not how much money you have. Godly people make money to bless the kingdom that's their goal that's their goal that what that doesn't mean they give it all to the church that means to bless the kingdom if you spending money on your kids to uh let's just say go to bible quizzing that's a blessing to the kingdom okay so not everything is just an offering to the church accounts but i'm saying you make money because you're doing all things for the kingdom you don't work a job for you you don't work a job so that you can stuff yourself with pleasure you work a job to take care of your family and to be a blessing to the kingdom. Money is a tool that we use for our families and for our salvation, for the kingdom, for missions. So you don't make money to just put it into yourself. That would be selfish. That would not be a blessing. Because that's selfishness and it's not blessed to be selfish. So let's talk about money and, and this issue because people think, when I say blessing, they think it means a raise on the job or money or things or tools or, or all kinds of cool stuff that we love to have, but that is not blessing. And we've got people in our church that don't have a lot of money that don't think they're blessed. And you think I'm going to stand up here and let you believe that about you? That's a lie. I am not going to let people that are barely getting by financially think that they're losers because they don't have a lot of money. Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't have a lot of money. So I want to talk about this because I want to break something off some people right now that you're barely getting by and you think that you're never going to be something in this inflated economy until you get some big money. 
Nowhere did we find in here that blessing has to do with money. And you've got to get that completely out of your spirit. God only gives us money to be a blessing. That's it. Yes, of course, there's residual blessings that come your way by being a vessel of God. But, but money is not connected to blessed. Not one time did you see that money was tied to being blessed. Not one time. Did you see that? I did not see it. We're studying the Word of God, right? It has nothing to do with it. Do not say that we are not blessed because we don't have money. Don't say that. Don't let that spirit get in your mind and your heart. Don't ever let that happen to you. Okay? Every financial move we make is to be financially free so that we can bless the kingdom more. We want to get money so that we can pay off debt, so that we can make good moves. We want to make investments. Why? Because we want to be financially free so we have more free time. If all of y'all would get somebody else to work for you and you manage them and you took an income, you could all be preachers. Let me give you a, a, a weird vision, okay? What if you opened a business tomorrow, let someone else run it, you took a cut of it, and you could preach full time? This is America. Everybody does it every day. Instead of, instead of golfing, you preach. Instead of going on your yacht, you preach. How come in our nation everybody can do it for carnal things and we can't do it for spiritual things? You, you guys know it's America, right? Start a business, let someone else run it, you're the owner, CEO, you can pull a salary of 100 grand a year out and let someone else do it and you can be a preacher. Is that crazy? Maybe some other nation. It's not crazy in America. This is an amazing place for us to do this. I'm just speaking some faith right now. You can feel a wall hit right now. Because I'm talking to people right now that, that you, you don't have the right perspective of money. We can do this. We can do it. I don't care if this is the east side of Austin. I'm not looking at poor folks spiritually. I'm not going to treat you like that. You are the children of God. I don't care if you've never had any money. I've come to talk about blessing tonight. I've come to talk about being a blessing tonight. And it's not all about money. It's about doing the will of God. I've, I've always seen God bless His people that served His will. Always. So my point is, everything we do financially, we do it for the kingdom. Not because we want to be blessed. But we want to be a blesser. That's what we want to do. Many people in our world have lots of money, but they're not happy. Many rich people are not happy. They would not consider themselves blessed. Johnny Depp and his girlfriend right now are not happy. Some of y'all don't read the news. Thank God for that. I'm glad. I, I got to get it out of my mind. It's the dumbest stuff I've ever read in my life. But these movie stars are not happy. They're ODing on drugs. They have to party and drink all the time. They're not happy. Money, does not, it's not a blessing to have money. It can be a curse many times. You are a blessed people tonight. Even on that tight budget, you can be a blessed person. Get that out of your spirit. You can live paycheck to paycheck and be blessed. I've done that the majority of my life and still paid tithes and offerings. I live what I preach. I have lived what I preach. And I can't wait to pay tithes on the money I just made on my house. Because guess what? I'm going to do it because I ain't going to just sit up here and talk about tithing and not do it. I'm about to write the biggest check to the church I've ever written. And I can't wait to do it. 
because as your leader, I'm leading you by example. I don't skip out on stuff like that, even though I can make an excuse like everybody else because God did that for me. God blessed my home. God gave me the house. God let me sell it for way over asking price, and I can't wait to write the checkout for the kingdom of God. And when you watch God bless us, I'm telling you how he blessed us because we give on that kind of stuff. And when you see me build my house, remember that I paid tithes. Remember that I gave big money because this is the secret to God blessing. It's about the character of who you are. It's not about the amount of money that you have. I was blessed before I ever had anything. I was blessed living in an RV. I'm blessed because I'm seeking the will of God to be done, and I want to reach souls for the kingdom. That's what the Bible says that blessing is. God, help us tonight break that spirit of poor, pitiful me. If you're a godly person and have faith, then you're blessed tonight. I don't want to see anybody else, member of our church, walk around with their head down because they don't have a lot of money. You can still be blessed. The reason why this is hard is because this area is not full of rich folks. We got people in here living check to check, and this is hard to talk about with people because the spirit of poor, pitiful me victim, it wants to come in and kill a church on the east side of town, but we can't let that happen here. God did not send me here so that we can let you live that way and think that way. You are not the tail, you're the head. You are not some base low people. You're the people of God. I don't care who your dad was or your mom was or where you came from. You are now the people of God. Holy Ghost, help me tonight. Let's break this thing in Jesus' name. I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. I'm trying to tell you you're blessed. I'm trying to set you free because here's what's going to happen next. I'll tell you the secret. If you ever find out that you're blessed without money, it's amazing how much money God will give you. You got the cart before the horse, guys. I I can't help you guys get financially free if I can't tell you that you as a poor person are blessed. What comes first, the money or the blessing? The blessing comes first. You are blessed, and then you receive of those earthly tools. That's how it works. And I'm lingering on that spirit. I'm lingering right now because I know the difficulty in this area. I know there's a lot of poor, pitiful me feelings. I know I've talked to enough people in this area that are saying that that this is so tough, and that's the spirit we've got to break because as long as you think you're a nothing and a nobody, you're a dog, you're just trash, you've got to stop watching the news and listen to that mess. Uh, Read your Bible and find out that you are the people of God. Whether you've got money or no money, whether you've got savings or no savings, uh, no matter what you've got, you can be blessed tonight. I hope you get that in your spirit. Blessed is not how many friends you have. Some of you think you're lonely, you're not blessed. It has nothing to do with that. Blessed is who your friends are. I don't have a ton of, of, of preacher friends I hang out with. When's the last time I went on a vacation with preachers looking, looking at roses or whatever they do, road trips and Alaskan cruises? We, we, don't, we don't hang out with a bunch of people because it's hard to find close friends. It's hard to find people you can trust. Y'all know that. They say in your lifetime, if you find five close friends, you're doing well. So it's, it's not the number of people that are your friends. It's the quality of your friendships that make you blessed. 
So I want to tell someone right now, you may only have a few friends, but if they're good friends, be thankful tonight. It doesn't matter if everyone in the world knows you. It doesn't matter if everybody at work thinks you're amazing. Are, are there some people in your corner that they've got your back and they're pushing you to heaven and not to hell? Because if you've got that, you're blessed tonight. Thank God for those friends. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed is not a status. Being blessed is not a race. Contrary to the spirit of the age, the white man is not more blessed. Get that out of your spirit. That is the narrative of the devil to pit us against each other. And yes, I will talk about it as a white man because I'm a preacher. And I will preach the truth no matter what color I am. Just like I'd expect you to preach the truth no matter what color you are. We will preach the truth and not let all those identity things get in the church. Because it doesn't matter. God does not see all that. He doesn't believe in all that. We don't talk that way in the church. I'm not more blessed because I'm white. That's not true. I'll bring, I'll bring my three ministry assistants up here again. Y'all don't believe me. Don't make me do it. Jose, Omar, Matthew. I don't know why they... They ruined it, Matthew. I got to make you raise your hand. See, I knew it, Matthew. I knew he had a white guy. <laughs> yeah. Mateo. Thank you, sister. Emana. Mateo. Thank you. Sorry, bro. Blessed is not a status. Blessed is not a race. You are not better off because you're from a certain country. Blessed is not whether you're married or you're single. Get that out of your spirit. The Bible never said it, y'all. Can we be Bible-believing people more than just Acts 2.38? Can we believe the whole thing? It never said if you're white or black, if you're married or single, then you are now blessed. Let's get this word in us tonight. Let's get free of all that junk. Let's get free of the news media. Let's wash our spirits out with the washing of the word of God. Let's become the people of God and turn off all the other noise. It's not a status. It's not an age. You're not better because you're younger. And you're not better because you're older. I see old people on the street just like young people. I see elderly people out there homeless. It don't mean because you're older you're never going to make a mistake. Because blessed is not an age. God, God, can we just take a minute and pray against that spirit? In the name of Jesus, right now, we cast that out. I, I don't care we're in a democratic city. I don't care that Del Fowley believes all this stuff. I don't care that 75% of this area believes all this noise. In the name of Jesus, we're a Bible-believing, standing-on Word of God church. And we've got to get all the identity politics out of us. We've got to get the Word of God into us. In the name of Jesus, your Word is over all words. Your Word is declared and spoken over our church right now we submit to your word there's only one way to do it and that's according to your word in the name of Jesus thank you God for releasing us tonight from these false identities of what it means to be blessed all right okay let's keep going blessed is this is the blessed is part you ready blessed is obedience because it requires faith 
and it produces good works in us. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in that perfect law of liberty and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If you want to be blessed, you've got to be obedient. You don't get blessed and then get obedient. You get obedient and then you get blessed. No, it goes, it goes first fruits, then blessing, not leftovers and then blessing. You bring God your first and your best, and then he will bless you. Blessings don't come first, y'all. Well, I'm waiting on God to bless me. Obe- obedience will open up the gateway to the blessings of God. You've got to be in obedience. It takes faith to obey before the reward. It takes faith to, to, to give your tithing before you ever have got a hookup financially. You've got to prove that you're in obedience so that God can trust you. You know what would kill us? The blessings of this world without obedience to God. It would destroy your soul. And the reason why many people are not given earthly things is because it would destroy you. And until you can become obedient, God can't trust you with natural things. Look, the gun, doesn't, the gun is not the problem. The gun doesn't kill people. It's the person. But that powerful tool has to be in the right hands. Because the same gun that can defend you is the same gun that can, can, can destroy you. And God will not let you have the tools of money or power or position or authority, even the church or out of the church, if it will destroy you. And that's why on the low levels right now, you've got to be obedient before you're ever anything in the kingdom. If you can't be obedient, just opening the door for somebody... Sir, can you, can you please open the door a little bit wider so people can get in? I can't believe you told me that. I, I, I can't believe the pastor told me I'd open the door a little wider. Who does he think he is? I, doesn't he just thank me for what? Okay, well, you're never going to go past that. I can tell you right now. If you can't be obedient in the small things, then you can't get promoted because that promotion would kill you. Obedience precedes the blessings. If you can't obey on the small stuff, you ain't going to make it in the big stuff. And God loves you too much to give you promotions and blessings of the world if you're not obedient. Everybody say, obedience is first. That's the lesson. John 15 and 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Jesus said this, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one in this than a man than, a, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. We used to rock that song back in the day. Remember that song? We used to rock it, Dante. We used to throw down on that Israel Houghton song, man. We used to throw down, and we were all friends of God. But if you don't obey God, you're not a friend of God. I mean, I'm sorry. I can't preach any other gospel. If you don't obey Jesus, you don't obey him, you're not a friend of him. There's a connection between our relationship and our obedience. There's a connection between our relationship and our submission. You're not a friend of God if you're out of obedience to God. If you want the blessings of the friendship of Jesus, you've got to have that obedience to his commandments. I know it takes a lot of faith to obey. 
Because you obey first and then you get the blessing. The blessing comes later. It takes years sometimes of obedience before God ever gives you the blessing. But we are in a very, we're in a hurry. I'm going to come up here tonight, I'm going to pray, and if I don't get my blessing within three hours, I'm done. There's no God, he's not real. Tell that to Abraham. He walked his entire life waiting on the blessing. He, he, by faith, he was trying to go towards a city whose builder and maker was God, and he never got to see the promise, but yet he had to walk, and he was a friend of he was a friend of God. You know why he's a friend of God? Because he's all about obedience and not about blessing. And if you want to become a friend of God, obey even if you don't see how God could bless you through it. Abraham was also rich, by the way. Obedience is the only way to be saved. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father is going to be saved going to be saved want to be saved if you obey the will of my father you're going to go you're going to be saved how do you find out the will of god to be saved we talked about it recently it's the word of god the spirit that's inside of you that speaks to you and the spiritual leadership that god gave to you in the church obedience to god's word is absolute salvation there is no debate about it will be measured and judged by the word of god that's why I've been trying to harp on so much, y'all. I've been trying to talk so much about knowing the Word of God. We have to know the Word of God. We have to talk about the Word of God. If you want to argue, argue about the Word of God. If you're going to fight in your marriage, at least use the Scriptures. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you five seconds in the green home. All right, here we go. Babe, the Bible says, wives, submit yourself to your husband. And she responds back to me, and the Bible also says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I'm like, right about now, you can just go ahead and take me, Jesus, because Oh, I'll gladly give my life right now. <laughs> you, you've got to know and use the Word of God. Y'all, we get so upset and we get so, we, we want to fight. We have no scriptures. We've got to use the Word of God because obedience to the Word of God is how we're going to be saved. You know, the worst thing you could ever do is just go ahead and sit down on God and say, I know I'm saved no matter how I live or what I do. That's the worst thing you could ever do. The number one thought you should have every day is, okay, but am I saved? <laughs> am I saved? I'm mad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I saved? <laughs> I'm offended, but am I saved? But they did me wrong, but am I saved? Because everything, this whole book, the Bible, Jesus, is all about making sure you're saved. So, so we've got to have the Word of God and obedience to the Word of God because, ladies and gentlemen, this is all pointless if you're not going to be saved. The whole purpose of my preaching and coming to church tonight is so that you can make sure you're saved. So we've got to have the Word of God. There's no debate about that. We all know that. But the Word of God is only, is only hard to fulfill, please catch this, if you don't love God. The Word of God is only hard to fulfill if you don't love God. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't love me, you're going to be mad when you read the Bible. <laughs> Jesus would never make anybody mad. No. Jesus would never offend anybody. No. Jesus is love. Read the Bible. <laughs> Stop reading Facebook posts. <laughs> read the Bible. 
Yeah. I have to preach the commandments of the Word of God as a pastor, as a preacher. I'm called to. And you have to use them to help you see the condition of your heart, just like I do as a human. We have to talk about the Word of God. I need preaching. I need counsel. I need the Scripture quoted to me. I thank God for the Word of God. But the purpose of the commandments is so that we can see the condition of our heart. When you hear a commandment, you either get glad or sad. Yeah. Let me give you a great example. In the Old Testament, it's an abomination for women and men to wear each other's clothing. If I were to get on Facebook Live and say that, I would make a lot of people mad quoting the Bible. And they would say, I'm never coming to your church. And they would say that you guys don't love people. And we would, we would turn everyone away. And what's even worse than that is many of our own Christians or Pentecostals would be mad at me for doing it because they would say stuff like this, you made it to where my loved ones don't ever want to come to AFC now. Because we're buying the lie, hook, line, and sinker, that it's our fault if people don't serve God. Then it's Jesus' fault that people didn't serve him. If we're going to start throwing around blame because we use the word of God, then blame Jesus for making a mistake. Because there was a time when he offended lots of people. Remember that time he was talking about the future of his death and he said, take my, my, my body and eat it and take my blood and drink it. And, and the majority of his disciples were so misunderstood. Remember whenever they got mad and they quit following Jesus? And, and the Bible tells us that Jesus did not go for them, seek them, or tell them, please come back. The Bible says he turns to who was left over and said, will you also leave? To me, that was a very bold move. Because you'd think he would have to have all those people to have the kingdom. But Jesus wasn't going to appeal to people that did not want to follow. Because the word of God can be a divider. It divides a room. It either brings people to you or pushes them away. When you preach the word of God, half the world gets mad and the other half, well, I should say, most of the world gets mad and a small percentage gets glad. Because the word of God will either push push the majority away, but here's what it does. It pulls the minority closer. Because when Jesus said, will you 12 also leave? They said, where will we go? You have the words to life. And in that moment, he lost the crowd, but he gained 12. And guess what he did with the 12? He multiplied what he lost with the 12 because the 12 truly loved him and the 12 was faithful and the 12 was powerful and the 12 were blessed. So God took that moment, robed in flesh, and he brought 12 closer to him because our God does not need a mass crowd to have revival. He just needs 12 faithful people. How many people does AFC need to reach this city? Just the faithful ones. Because with faithful people, God can do anything, even with 12. Your prayer right now should be, God, make me a faithful person. Because if you're faithful, if you're in no matter what happens and you're never offended easily, God will multiply the blessings through you and your ministry and your family. And he'll make you an anchor in this church and in the kingdom. And you'll be able to turn the world upside down hand in hand with Jesus Christ. Offended. He offended his disciples. But Jesus was not to blame, even though they blamed him. They blamed Jesus for saying something hard, and they, they tried to turn it on him. 
But Jesus didn't cry or worry about it because he did not cause them to be lost. This is what I wanted to teach tonight. He only caused them to manifest what was already lurking inside the whole time. Because we are not truly known until we're offended. Pastor, how do we know who you really are? Make me mad. And the real me will show up. I hope the real me is a lot like Jesus. Guess it depends on what day you make me mad. <laughs> Pastor loves us. You don't know if I love you until you make me mad. Pastor loves us up there. No, you don't know if I love you until you've, until you've made me mad. Do I still care for you after you've offended me? Do I still pray for you? Do I still reach out to you, hug you, and say hi to you? Because that's the real me. When someone is offended, the true person that's been hiding comes out. And the reason why Jesus uses offense in the church is so that you can see you. Because he already knows you. Jesus uses hard sayings, and hard sayings belong in the church. And they don't make you lost. They make you know you're lost. Are y'all feeling that tonight? People say in the day that we're living in, pastor ran them off or we ran them off or I was in Bible study and we ran them off. Sister Sharon knows about this. You teach Bible studies and sometimes you get into a scripture that people don't like and they never come back, do they, Sister Sharon? And we, as Bible studies, we feel guilty because we, we let the devil tell us we messed up. But we didn't mess up, y'all. And you don't have to carry the guilt of your loved ones and families and friends who don't want the word of God because you did not make them lost. They were already lost. You just revealed it. And when you're offended and someone can offend you, they're not making you go to hell. They're revealing that you were already going. Y'all, I'm trying to dive into something deep right now, so I need you to help me tonight. But offense is the greatest way to see the true heart that I am, that I am, and that you are. And that's why God lets there be hurt and offense in the church. And that's why God himself said harsh sayings to see if people were for him or against him. Because Jesus would never run you off. He would just reveal if you were already there or not. I don't know what our price is, but I know that we all have a price. And we've got to find out what that price is and pay it to prove to Jesus that we're really here. And God will allow things to happen in our lives to test us, but not to push us away, to reveal the hidden man that was always there. And you need to learn to thank him. I've had to learn to thank him. I've had to learn to say, Lord, thank you for revealing. Thank you when my wife told me that scripture, I got so mad. Thank you for letting me see how angry I was when she quoted the scripture to me. I've got some repenting to do. You don't have to say amen. Thank you, you, Sister Green. Oh, is Aspen calling you? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. We are not truly known until we are offended. And we get hurt by others. When we get hurt by others, we then reveal who we are. And most people, a lot of people in our world today, they live with the, as long as you don't hurt me attitude, we're good. Jesus can't use easily offended people long term. Because Jesus knows his followers are going to be asked to die on a cross. 
You know, the way I look at church growth now, I mean, five years, by the way, it's uh, five years, three years as pastor, our anniversary came up, and some things we've learned and seen is easy come, easy go. And when people can take offense and get hurt, and people can be hurt and still stay with you, you can build a church on that. <laughs> you can do some big stuff on that. Here's the reason why Jesus will allow you to be offended in the, in the infancy stage of your, of your walk. Because he knows later on you'll never take the cross if you can't take a harsh saying. Jesus prepares us for the cross with little tough things that happen along the journey. Because he knows the end game of the disciples is they're going to have to literally become martyrs. When I say take up a cross to us, it means something different than for them. They literally died. Sawn to pieces, pulled apart by horses, heads cut off, upside down crucifixions. And you think Jesus can use someone that's easily offended because they didn't get their seat in church? Pastor, as soon as there's no more offense in the church, we'll be all right. No, we won't. We'll be weak. The last days are approaching quickly, and we're, we're seeing our rights and our freedoms stripped from our hands, and yet we want to have pretty church. You can't. Guys, we can't have pretty church. It's going to get uglier. And you know what God's doing right now? He's preparing us for our cross. Because he doesn't know he can trust us until he lets us get hurt. And we're still there. Still there. But I was hurt. But I'm still in. But will you go too? No, I'm not going. I know where the life is at. I don't like what happened, but I know where the life is at. I don't like some things that happened in the kingdom, Jesus. I wish it were easier, but I know where the life is at. That word life did not mean a comfortable life on the earth. That word life meant the words to eternal life. Now, I'm going to talk about this blessing to close, but I just want to make sure it's very clear tonight that offense and hurt and pain in the kingdom of God is vital to us becoming stronger. And you have got to learn to embrace it whenever you are in church and you say the last place that that should be is in church. I disagree. Because if it's not your brother or sister, it's going to be the word doing it. But you will be offended. The question is, who are you and can you take it? Because nothing in the word of God will ever run you all away. It will reveal whether you are really in or not. And he said, I would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. You know what lukewarm is? Lukewarm is when you're in church and you're planning on leaving, just waiting for the right reason. It's in your heart already. You've already made your mind up. You're just waiting for the pastor to make a mistake, wait for someone to say something so you can justify it. Yeah, I've been in church my whole life, y'all. I know how it works. And when something happens, that was not the reason that you left. That just revealed that you already wanted to. Because I'm going to tell you about my wife and I. We've already made our mind up. No matter how people treat us, we're going to be here growing a church in Austin, Texas. We're not going to get our feelings hurt. We're going to sit down and cry about it and give up and quit and pout. We've already made our mind up that we are all in. And you can't offend us out of the will of God because this is about the kingdom of God. And we're going to stick with it. We're going to stick with it. And that's why I joked earlier and said the only way to know who we really are is to offend us. Wait, you still care about us? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We still care. 
Because I don't even know what I'm capable of until I'm offended. And those challenging moments prove to me whether I'm praying or not. <laughs> prove to me whether I'm fasting or not. They reveal to me whether I'm really a man of God or not. And so I say thank you to God for allowing tough times. Because if I can take that, I'm going to be just fine in the last days. And so will you and your family and your children. You're going to be just fine. But if you can't take the offense and you walk away over things like that, God can't use us long term. There is no ministry opportunity. There is no way to, to, to be used of God. Every great man of God, a woman of God I know, every single one of them have had great offense in their life. Every one of them. And if you ever want to be a great anything for Jesus, you've got to get to the point to where offense is a tool that the enemy loses by using against you. Because all it does is reveal the real me and make me better. Let me close with blessing. Blessing. Thank you, Brother Wes. Thank you, Jesus. The question is, why do some people seem to be blessed over other people? First of all, I want it to be clear that God is not a respecter of persons. God is not partial. God does not reach over Brother Gary and bless Sister Lauren. That's not how it works. God does not pick favorites out because he is a just God. He's just. You have to believe that about God. He does not play favorites, y'all. He's not against anybody in this place over anybody else. I, I have no more favor on me because I'm a pastor than you do. I have to get that through faith. The difference we're going to find out tonight is the difference between why some are blessed and some aren't is because we have faith. That's the difference. Faith is the great way that you can be blessed by God. And if you truly want to be blessed by God and you want to live a blessed life, you can have faith tonight, right now, right now, before you walk out that door with the clothes you're wearing, the car you're driving, the bills you've got right now, you can have faith. And the Lord wanted me to teach tonight that the difference between people who are blessed and not blessed is not anything intrinsic or anything tangible, but it's something that is free and available to all of us tonight, and that is the word faith. If you could just grab a hold of some faith, God would start to bless your life. And I've got good news. Faith is free. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but faith is free. I don't know if I can afford faith. Yes, you can. Faith is free. God is not a respecter of persons. Let me hurry. He's a respecter of faith. Faith moves God into action. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everyone has a mountain in their way. Every one of you tonight, you've got a mountain in your way. I know you do. But not everyone uses their faith. Some say, well, that's not fair. Some people have more faith than me. No, that's not true. Look at Matthew 17 and 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? In verse 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, you couldn't do it. This is not about God playing favorites. If you had belief, you could have done it. If you get the belief, you can move a mountain. If you get the belief, you can move a mountain. You got to believe that about yourself tonight. If I get the belief, I can move a mountain. 
I don't care who you are, what side of the tracks you come from, who your daddy wasn't. It does not matter. If you can believe in Jesus, then you can move mountains. You can move bigger mountains than rich folks. You can move bigger mountains than rich people. Help us, God. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, even like a mustard seed, that's a small seed. If you can have something small, even small faith, you will say to the mountain, move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. That's what they used to sing when I was growing up in church. I was playing underneath the pews going to sleep, hearing them sing that song. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. That's the Word of God being sung. You don't have to have a lot of it. You just got to have a little bit of it because even a little bit of faith can move a mountain out of your way. This isn't about where you come from. This isn't about whether you got education. It's about whether you use the faith that you already have. And the devil would love to tell you you don't have faith, but you do. And when you say stuff like this, well, it ain't a whole lot of faith, just a little bitty faith, and you just remember the word when the word said, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith to move the mountain. Romans 12 and 3 is another reference. For I say, Paul said, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everybody has faith. Now, I will admit to you, some people have more faith than me. And some people have more faith than you. And there's even a gift of faith, one of the gifts of the Spirit. But everybody's got some. So to the lowest one in the room tonight, there's no mountain that can get in your way if you've just got a mustard seed amount of faith. I'm going to tell you, you might be broke right now, but if you've got faith, you're blessed. You might have nothing happening for you right now, but if you've got faith, it's going to be all right. You may be wondering where it's all going to break and change, but if you've got faith, there is no mountain in your way. If you can maintain your faith, then you can become what rich folks can't become. You can do miracles that rich people can't do. You can have surgeries that surgeons can't perform. If you can just have some faith... Tell me again how poor you really are if you've got faith. I'm not believing that about you. I'm not going to look at the people of AFC and I'm not going to see the color of your skin or what side of town you live on. I'm going to see a people that have faith and with that faith you can move mountains. Oh yeah. Jesus, thank you. Hmm. Some of your mountains are not moving, and it's not personal. It's not because you're a bad person. No, it's a belief issue. It's a lack of believing. But the good news is faith is free. But, Pastor, I, I, I've been hurt. So is Jesus. Hmm. But, Pastor, I didn't grow up in America. Neither did Jesus. Some of y'all have more in common with Jesus than me. But I, I grew up without, without anything tangible. Were you born in a barn? So, is, so did Jesus. 
Uh, is anybody else feeling sorry for Jesus right about now? Well, he just had it tough. I don't even think Jesus was blessed. <laughs> of course he was blessed. But, but I'm not white. Neither was Jesus. Contrary to the pictures and all the movies. Anybody else glad they're starting to figure it out? <laughs> Anybody else glad they're, they're finally they got somebody with a tan up in there playing Jesus? Not some guy that just got off a Wimbledon championship walking out there, you know. Hello, I'm Fabio playing Jesus this year. <laughs> also in the Stetson commercial. <laughs> it's like, I'm so thankful they finally figured it out. Stetson was a cool cologne when I was growing up. I don't know. Check on that child, please. Oh, she's okay. She's good. So, Pastor, I don't know where my next meal will come from. Neither did Jesus. He said, I don't even have a place to lay my head. I don't even have a house. I live house to house. I, I, I lay on rocks at night. Jesus didn't have any of that stuff. Are you feeling sorry for him yet? You're not feeling sorry for him. You know why? Because with faith, anything is possible. Some of y'all can relate more to Jesus because of what you don't have. And you feel sorry for yourself. But I wanted to come encourage you tonight and tell you the difference is not our skin color or where we come from or how much money we have. Our difference is how much faith you choose to use. And that's what separates us. That's why there's a difference among us. That's why this person's blessed and that person's not blessed. That's why they have stuff and you don't have stuff because they have faith. Faith. You're measuring people off the tangible things, but you don't see the faith behind it. Well, Brother Matthew, boy, that was cool. He got to buy that property over there. This is a man of faith. He's operating by faith doing what he's doing. You want to take the risk of Brother Matthew? Because great things come with risk, and faith is risky. I'm going to take a step of faith, and God is going to bless it. I believe he will. You take the step of obedience, and then you get the blessing, you hope. Faith comes first, and that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. And no matter where you are right now in this place, in your life, if you choose to activate your faith, it will separate you from everybody else. It will put you in the in crowd with Jesus. It'll get you close to where you want to be. But it's free tonight. It's yours if you want it. You've already got it. You just got to reach inside and pull it out and begin to cultivate it. I like, I like how my wife made mention about the seed on, on Mother's Day being something that grows and faith can grow. And I say all the investments we're trying to invest in right now, there's nothing more stable than faith. Everybody's like, what do I do? Stock market? What do I do? It's so volatile. And I'm like, faith? Why don't, you, why don't you put some faith? Why don't you invest in your faith? Why don't you get the word of God out? Invest in your faith. Why don't you get some fasting and get to church every service and build your faith? Because that faith can grow and do more for you than the stock market or any investment or any amount of college or money or businesses. Because faith is the mountain mover. Let's all stand tonight and let's get ready for our closing tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody can afford faith. Everybody can afford it. There's no broke people tonight. There's nobody without hope tonight. There's nobody that's going to be lost unless you, unless you want to be lost. Ain't nobody tonight that's going to have that. You can afford faith tonight no matter who you are. Brand new in church your whole life. You can afford faith.
barely speak English, doesn't matter. You can have faith and God can bless you. Just got here, not even legal, it doesn't matter. You have faith, God will bless you. I don't care about your status. It doesn't matter to me or to God because he is no respecter of persons. He said, if you'll just use your faith, I will bless you. Be obedient. Live righteously. I'll bless you. And here's what happens, y'all. You start living right and your pay doesn't go up and you get mad at God. It's happened a lot. I don't have anybody in mind. I just know it. You said, well, I'm going to start giving my tithes and be faithful. But I didn't get no blessing. You may have missed a car wreck. You, you won't even know what your tithing did until you walk on streets of gold and God prays the ledger and takes it out and says, every time you trusted me, I kept something, from, I kept the devourer away from you. Yeah, I'll get off of money. I'll talk about prayer. I'll talk about fasting. I'll talk about just being at church when you're going through a storm, saying no matter what, I'm going to be there because I'm going to put the investment in. No matter what I feel like, I'm going to do this and live this. Faith, y'all, faith. It's the difference maker in our lives. There are no favorites in this church. God does not love one person over another. And it feels like it sometimes when you give and you give and you give and you love and you pray and you say, God, where were you? Because you don't see everything tangibly that God does. If you lost everything tangible but your kids were saved. Don't you dare tell me. Don't you dare tell me you're not blessed. You gain the whole world and lose your soul. You're not blessed. There's no such thing as, Pastor, I just got a blessing. I just got a new job, but I can't come to church. I'm like, you're not blessed. Because we use the Word of God, right? And the Word of God doesn't say anything about money or tangible things. I just wish I could, I wish I could get the reward of all my hard work. You will. You will. You will. You hear me? You will get the reward of all your hard work. You will get the reward of your journey. You will get it one day. You won't get it until you're dead. You won't get it until the rapture takes place. But hear me tonight, the faith people, you've got to wait a little while to receive your reward. I know we want it all right now. I know we want to, we want to serve God so hard to where we don't have to carry a cross. Buy our way out of it. There's no amount of money you can give to the kingdom of God to buy your way out of having to carry a cross and sacrifice. You can't buy your way out with prayer meetings. You can't buy your way out with church attendance. It's just, it's just we may never, ever get our healing until I may never get my healing until I walk on streets of gold. But I can't quit, and neither can you. Because my reward is not all down here. My reward is all up there. My reward is all up there. So please hear me tonight. Stop being frustrated because you've served for 30 years and not seen what you want. You may never see it. Let's lift our hands up. Give me right now in the name of Jesus. We might all lose. We might all lose finances. We might all do it. It's, it's fine. 
but we won't, we won't be not a blessed people. That won't happen to us. We may all struggle. We may all have to just sell cars and drive old junkies. That's fine. Let's do it. Hey, if we got to do it, that's fine. But we will not be defeated people. We will not be broken people. We will not be people that look around and say we're not blessed by God. If we're saved, we're blessed. If we love each other, we're blessed. If we love each other, we're blessed. If we can forgive each other, we're blessed. That's the life of blessing. If we can be holy and righteous, then we're blessed. It doesn't matter what we have or don't have. Please hear the word of God tonight, church family. We are a blessed people right here on the east side. Maybe I'm not talking to some of you tonight. Maybe I'm just talking to somebody who you just looked at your bills and don't know how you're going to make it right now. And I I came to encourage someone right now to tell you that you're still going to be all right. Uh, Even though the inflation's happening and you're not making it right now, I just felt to encourage someone and tell you that does not mean you are not valuable to God. That doesn't mean that you're worthless. Uh, You are a child of the King, even if you don't have everything you want. Oh, God. 